and welcome to another episode of Structured Gibberish. Today is Wednesday, September 14th, 2016. I'm your host, Brian. This is your host, Pat, with me. <clears throat> I am here. I am everywhere. I'm, uh, I'm speaking like this uh, for two reasons. Uh, the first is because my uh, my son is uh, pretty sick. He has uh, three different illnesses simultaneously, and he's having trouble sleeping. So I'm trying to be as quiet as possible. Uh, the other reason is because he has gotten me sick, and I have like a, a cold and a sore throat. So I'm trying not to exacerbate my throat. And I realize that the cat's coming in out of the cat door is probably louder than me talking. But, you know, if... Uh, if he manages to stay asleep for a little while, I'll probably bring the volume of my voice up a little bit. But for now, I'm just going to continue uh, continue at this level, if that's going to be okay with you, Pat. I think it'll be okay. Right. I can I can talk <clears throat> normally, though. So. I, hope it's, I hope it's incredibly jarring for the listener. <laughs> me too. To listen to me uh, whispering and then Pat shouting all the time. All the time. <clears throat> so Not just some of the time. I, I just want, hit myself in the face with a microphone. I want to uh, give a quick update um, on the status of my tree. I know you guys were all wondering. <gasps> uh, Tell us about the tree. I had a tree in my backyard. <gasps> That's interesting. It died. It got struck by lightning like a decade ago or, or more, probably more. So sorry. And uh, it finally died this year after being infected with ants. And electric mites. <clears throat> electric ants. The kind you send into the server room to take out the electronics. So anyway, I've been trying for weeks to get someone to come out. Uh, we we had a guy who took out our, our our other tree a couple years ago. I called him first. He was busy. He couldn't make it because uh, he was working another job. So then uh, I let it slip for a little bit, and then I uh, called a whole bunch of people. And they all came out and gave me wildly varying quotes. And uh, finally, we, after asking about all of them on uh, the internet, we uh, we narrowed it down to one. And uh, you know, I I called them and I said, I want to you know go ahead with this. And they said, okay, we'll uh, <clears throat> we'll give you a call. So uh, like a week went by and I didn't hear anything. And I called them again and they said, oh, must have got uh, must have got lost. Let me just create a Go ahead and just create a work order right now, and I'll just leave the date blank, and they'll call you. And I said, okay, but I'm going to need some time because i got to disassemble part of my fence. Uh, we put up a fence this year. We mm -hmm. redid. You you helped, you know, but for the listeners. Uh, we put up a whole fence, took the whole thing down, put up a brand new fence. Um, Not think, just repaired an old fence, <clears throat> right, like I, some of us were led to believe. Yeah, I don't think I could have gotten to come over if I told them the truth. But um, the uh, I think we dug, and we ended up digging like... 34 holes for posts, 34 post holes. You sure it wasn't 37? No, nah, I'm pretty sure it was 34. So, um, <clears throat> anyway, when we, when we put it up, we knew that there was a possibility that, uh, sections of it might have to be removed from time to time. So I took out two sections of the fence one day after work. Um, I had like, I don't know, a half hour of daylight and then I worked a half hour in the dark you know, total. So it wasn't too hard to get it apart. But anyway, they came in. Finally, they called me. They said they're going to come in uh, yesterday afternoon and then they'll finish up this morning. Uh, they didn't show up because their, uh, their morning job went long. They showed up this morning, but I had to take Edwin to the doctor. So I wasn't here and it was raining and they're like, well, we don't want to mess up the grass because it's raining and you weren't here. So we couldn't ask you what to do. So they left. And then they came back at like two o'clock in the afternoon and said, all right, we'll get started now. So they spent the, they, they worked until about seven thirty, but they got that whole tree out of there. They, uh, brought in a bucket truck, chopped down all the branches, you know, tied them up and they would just swing down. It was pretty cool to watch. And then once it got to the point where the branches weren't over the house anymore, they would just let them fall straight to the ground. It was just constant thuds. And then they just dropped the whole trunk into my neighbor's lawn. That lawn has had a lot of trees dropped in it. But then they brought a giant thing in and ground the 
stump down and that's the end of it. So my tree is gone. And this has been NPR sports. <laughs> it was a, a rough day for the trees. <clears throat> so Pat, I heard uh, that you've been reading a new series called uh, more than meets the eye. Please uh, tell us what you thought of this series. Well, first of all, let me let me be forthcoming with the audience in that uh, Brian is such a religious zealot for this series that uh, not unlike uh, a Gideon's Bible, I'm, just I'm, just sent one to me. I am like a Jehovah's Witness of Transformers <laughs> more than meets the eye. It, like he was just like, hey. Just, just so you know, there's a package coming to your house. I sent it to you. Just, just go ahead and open it. I think you'll really enjoy it. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and I, I opened it and much to my not surprise, because the second I saw exactly the shape and, and, and heft of it, I was like, Oh no, <laughs> I know exactly what this is. Um, and uh, and I found the the more than meets the eye volume one trade. Um, uh, I immediately hid it under my bed. No, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, you don't uh, want your mom finding that. Yeah, I know, right? Um, my mom always comes over and checks under my bed, <laughs> you know, for monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I, you know, I it was uh. It was it was a little bit of a slow start, but the thing is, is that how many years have you been reading this book, Brian? Uh, four, I think. Okay, so for the past four years, Brian has been telling me about things that happened in this book. <laughs> um, so I got to go into this already relatively familiar with the subject material. Um. And I, I, I gotta say, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the book. I enjoyed it enough to, uh, most likely, and I say this because I'm terrible at this. I'm, I'm terrible at things that I want to do all the, you know, already, let alone things that other people want me to do. Pat, there's um, going to be a package delivered okay. to your house. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and open that when you get that. Get out of here. Um, but, uh, it was it, it was really good. It was it was very good. Um, I because you know Brian kind of warned me. He said, "Oh, some people need to read the first two volumes before they really get it." And I have trouble telling yeah. robots apart. Specifically, it was sometimes people have trouble telling robot characters apart. Right, right. <clears throat> I never. I mean, I I never had any more problem than I always do. I'm just not that kind. Of, I'm not a character person. I can't. You know, even uh, even things that I really like, like Green Lantern, like it's like I know when Hal is there. And they all wear the same clothes. Uh, well, that's true. Um, you know, I, I know when when any of the Earth Green Lanterns <laughs> or like Kilowog is there, <laughs> and then everybody else is like, yeah, you know the the girl one and the one with a looks like a crystal golf ball with tentacles, and yeah, yeah, the squirrel one, you know, you know. <laughs> Um, and so, but I mean, from a visual standpoint, I thought all of the robots looked very different, very distinct, but I'll, I don't think I'd ever remember their names because I'm just not that kind of a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, Plus they don't have like human names. Right. Which actually I think should help, you know, cause I'm going to be like, I, what's that guy's name? Steve or something? You know, I don't know. You know, like skids, uh, is he a character in this or did they talk about him? I know skids was mentioned. Yeah. Skids is blue. And uh, I think they find him on Hedonia. Okay, okay. He yes, has no memory. Yeah. Yes, yes. I liked him a lot, actually. Yes, he's quite. I, I he's he, a good character. He was very fun. I enjoyed him. Uh, I especially liked the part uh, where he was talking to the robot um, with the the bar when you know the swerve, swerve, skids and um, swerve. And who was Swerve talking about? Um, I don't remember because I don't know. You know, well, okay, so he's telling, he's like, oh, I had this friend and we were going to open a bar oh, together. Oh, Mirage. Yeah. But that's not what he said it was going to be called. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Not Mirage. Uh, Blur. Blur? No. Maybe he said Skids and Swerve. 
Skids I don't know. Anyway, there there was like there was just a, a point where he was talking about a bar, um, and the blue one. What did I just say his name was? Skids. <laughs> Skids. When Skids was leaving, uh, he he was he said something about like Skids and Swerves. That does sound really cool. He um, I don't remember if it's here, but he he had talked about always wanting to open a bar with Blur because. Before the war, Blur was a yeah famous yeah. racer, right, right, right. And they were going to quit racing and open a bar and you know uh, retire, mm-hmm. you know. But he said he was going to call it something. I, I don't remember because I, I actually read that part a long time ago because I, I read this book in two sec two sittings. I read one when I got the book, and then I read the rest of it like two nights ago. <laughs> So where does it end? Where does that first uh, one end? It ends. Spoiler alert, everybody. Um, The robot who was like asleep for six million years. Mm -hmm. um, What's his name? Tailgate. I liked him too. Um, Tailgate. He at the very end, he's just like, you know what? I've made a decision. I know I don't have to, but I want to be a Decepticon. And I'm just like, what? But you seem so nice. I think that's the idea. That's the intrigue. Yeah tailgate is he does a very good job of being the human insertion character mm-hmm. because he and he um basically is born at the beginning of tr- the interesting part of transformers history and then Im- immediately falls down a hole and misses the entire continuity and then right. wakes up at the beginning of this story and so he doesn't you know if you're a new reader to transformers you know exactly everything that he knows right probably even a little more probably i mean you at least know who skids is right um but uh but yeah again very entertaining i like the dynamic of the war is over so good guys and bad guys have to just learn to get along in the in the context of the whole transformers continuity this was their fourth attempt or, or third attempt at a reboot, you know, a soft reboot. And uh, this was the first time that the fans <clears throat> actually really liked it. Okay. The other book. So this time, instead of doing a single storyline, they split the book and they had more than meets the eye and they had robots in disguise mm-hmm. and robots in disguise deals with what happens back on Cybertron now that the war is over. Oh, okay. And you think it might be very interesting, but But for a long time it is not. It (laughs) is like watching the Star Wars prequels because there's too much bureaucracy and not enough intrigue. Mm, And there's there's a lot of intrigue, but it's too far, too few and far between at the very beginning. Gotcha. Um, It does does eventually get better. Not a page turner at the beginning. No, I've been tempted to try and go back and reread it, but I I don't want to really. Sounds to me like uh, the old. Crisis on Infinite Earths, which don't tell anybody my nerd card will be revoked, but uh, I've never actually gotten through. I've tried on three separate occasions to force myself to read that goddamn book, and I just can't do it. I can't I, do it. It's boring as fuck. I read that book once a long time ago, and I absorbed practically nothing of it, mm-hmm. um, except for the broad strokes. Right, and which then a couple most years people ago, already know. A couple of years ago, there was a Comixology sale, and I bought it again, and I started reading it, and I think I got through, like, two issues mm-hmm. before I was just like, this book is way too dense. Yeah, I, I mean, mean it, I, it, And the thing was, the first time I read it, I didn't know most of the DC, like, B and C list who were all in this book. Uh-huh. And the second time I tried to read it, I I knew, like, who most of these people were, uh, and I still and was just help. like, I just don't care. There's just... You've crowded everybody into a room and they're all on the same panel and they're all talking. Right. <laughs> you know, I can't it... see who's talking anymore because there are people on top of people with word bubbles on top of that. And it really just calls into focus the fact that so many of these heroes are redundant. Right. You know, like when you've got elongated man and plastic man both in the same scene. <laughs> you know, and you're just like, why did they why did they make all these characters? Yeah. Um they should yeah. have just made Plastic Man and fucked that Elastic Man. Basically, the idea is, the the idea of robots in disguise was, 
um, Optimus Prime left, and you saw that at the beginning of this trade, right? Because the one-shot death of Optimus Prime is at the beginning of this, even though it's not part of more than meets the eye. Uh, so Optimus Prime is gone. Megatron has been defeated, and he's in hiding, or he's disappeared. We don't know where he's at mm-hmm. at the beginning. And uh, Starscream has claimed control of the Decepticons, as you as you do. Right. Bumblebee had been uh, before Optimus left. Uh, Bumblebee had been elected leader of the Autobots by the remaining Autobots ahead of Hot Rod, who really wanted the job, which is why, which is basically why he decides to take a crew and leave right. for more than meets the eye. Um, and then the uh, the non-aligned Cybertronians come back now that the war is over, and they have a kind of de facto representative as well named Metal Hawk. Mm-hmm. And so the whole point of um, robots in disguise is Bumblebee, Starscream, and Metal Hawk are trying to figure out how do we form a government that works for Autobots, Decepticons, and non-aligned, you know. And so it sounds interesting, but it gets pretty boring. But then it gets really interesting, and then it yeah, kind of goes back and forth. And then they then they changed the name back to just the Transformers because Hasbro came up with a TV show called Robots in Disguise, and they wanted a comic book for it. Mm. And uh, and then Windblade. So it's actually pretty interesting now because um, Windblade is there. They're pulling in all of the colonies that left Cybertron. They're trying to contact them all and and form trade agreements and um, form an alliance with all of them. And Optimus Prime wants Earth to be part of the alliance and. Mm-hmm. Um, Plus, then he got Dead Universe comes back and Dark Cybertron and Dark Cybertron's actually people. A lot of people didn't like it, but I thought it was pretty cool. Um, very poignant ending. Hmm. But uh, anyway, more than meets the eye. A lot of good stuff coming up in the next trade pad. I was just looking ahead. You get to meet the DJD and the Scavengers. Hmm. All right. Some of the best characters and the worst characters. In in every sense of the words. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, a lot. Of, it, but generally, you think it's a pretty entertaining story, huh? Yeah, I would say in general, I I enjoyed it very much. So, um, yeah, I mean, I I I was going into it expecting not much. I'll say that you know, mm-hmm. I uh, I figured this was going to be one of those things that you really liked, you know, the story, and so I'd probably like it for that aspect, like saying like, yeah, I can, I can see where my, my buddy liked this, you know, but I definitely felt myself getting, uh, you know, invested in the characters. Um, I'm interested to see where they go. Like I said, I'm going to read the second trade. How many trades are there in total? Um, I think the next one scheduled to come out is number 10, volume 10. Oh, jeez, a loop. And I think there's, I think there's in total going to be 11 volumes. The, right. the last issue of the series is going to come out, I think, in two weeks wow. from this recording. And then uh, More Than Meets the Eye will be done. Mm-hmm. But the storyline will continue in the new book, uh, Transformers Lost Light. Mm. So they're kind of shuffling things around in a way that I don't fully understand. But um, apparently they wanted to get rid of the generic um, subtitles. Yeah, Edwin's mm. coughing, not crying, in case you guys can hear that. Um, yeah, so they wanted to get rid of those generic subtitles, so they're sticking with the generically titled uh, Till All Are One. That's the new mm-hmm. book they just started, which is mostly focusing on Windblade and Starscream. Um, but it's called Till All Are One because they're trying to unite the colonies, and also because that's one of the Transformers catchphrases. Yes, that's true. Uh, the main Transformers book is being renamed to just Optimus Prime. I see. Not even like Transformers Optimus Prime, but just Optimus Prime. Well, it's not Justice League Superman. <laughs> right. And then, of course, More Than Meets the Eye is becoming Transformers Lost Light. Um, but we have been assured that it is literally just, that's like they've renamed the show for season three. Mm-hmm. So roughly every two years of time, in real life is a season of transformers. So there's like a, the, the story of more than meets the eye kind of flows like a movie or a TV series. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you will get like certain arcs and then, you know, it, there's like a season finale, basically. They're, they kind of have like mid-season finales. You know, it's, it's interesting the way they plot it. Um, and you can definitely see in the way it's written. Sometimes it's written like you can imagine seeing this in live action, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, there's always like a major season ending event. So for season one, it was a, a mini series called Remain in Light. And in uh, season two, it was called The Dying of the Light. Mm-hmm. And in between seasons, there's usually some sort of a Hasbro mandated thing going on. <laughs> so in between the first two seasons was Dark Cybertron. Hasbro said you must enjoy. And uh, they managed to get out of being a part of the Combiner Wars event, um, which was nice. All they had to do, the only problem was uh, James Roberts had, and we don't know what the purpose was or if he even had a plan, but um, when he was, you know, when they were trying to divvy up the characters to figure out who's going to be in which story, mm-hmm. he managed to get a hold of all the Protectobots and have them in on more than meets the eye. And then Hasbro's like, nope, they're combiners. They need to be in the combiner wars. And he was like, well, I guess I got to come up with an excuse to put them all on a shuttle and get them out of here. So they moved over to the other series. Um, but other than that, they managed to stay out of the combiner wars. Um, and, but they could not get out of the Titans return crossover. <laughs> no such luck, eh? No. So the last two issues of the series... They had the phenomenal, like, six-part Dying of the Light, uh, like, capstone to the, you know, the cap of the series. Mm-hmm. And then two issues of this stupid crossover. And then that's the end of the series. And then they'll start again. So, yeah, more than meets the eye. I like it very much. It's a, it's, um, it's like, really less about transforming robots and more about... In transforming your world interrelationships between transforming robots um it's because there's so much because they're the characters are unlike in you know previous transformer series the characters are treated as if they're just people you know and the fat and they're essentially genderless even though there's there's male and female ones the they're all just like that that's just their external look and the way they prefer their pronouns mm-hmm. because none of them have sex. So, well, you know, kind of, uh, so you, you know, it's basically like if you wanted to explore relationships, but, and take out gender from the equation, but make sure you keep the racism. That's, that's what more than meets the eyes. Basically. I see. I see. Yeah. Decepticons bad, but you know, we'll, we'll pair up with anybody. So that's more than meets the eye. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Me too. Me too. Now. I would did, hate for it to be a chore. What did you send me here? <laughs> just sent you a funny little picture. Did you just take that? Is this your picture? Uh, no, I wish I took that picture. I wish I took that picture. Um, uh, let's. Uh, I'm, we're going to talk about it a little bit since you since you screeched uh, the show to a halt. Well. Um, so there is a... Uh, a man, like any other, um, he creates very tiny um, photographic pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, what he does is he he has created this whole world called the uh, Super Newmans. The Super Newmans uh, are a family of uh, Superman. Lois Lane and a small child, I believe, has been introduced. Um, and they live in a house in the suburbs, and they do suburban things. Um, and occasionally, um, they include other superheroes, which is fun. Um, but it's very, it's it's very suburban. Um, while also still being Superman, uh, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put a link to the Facebook page. You can uh, you can see uh, the man takes great care in making these wonderful little p- 
pictures, and sometimes they're they're these pictures capture Superman in a way Zack Snyder never will, hmm. never ever will. There's a there's a wonderful picture. You know, most of this stuff it, it's a, a GI Joe scale, um, and actually I think the Superman is a, a semi official GI Joe, um, if I'm not mistaken. He, is, that, uh, is that the masturbating Batman? That is the masturbating Batman. Good eye. Good Thank eye. You. Thank you. Um, What's the name of this guy who makes these? Um, I, I'm not sure what the man's name is off the top of my head. Hold on one second. I think I can find that information. Um, or the website. Dan uh, Katina. No, nice. it's Dan Cantina uh, or Danny Newman. Oh. Um, he, he He's like, he has made a profession out of taking pictures of action figures, which is, in my estimation, just about the most amazing thing you can do. Mm-hmm. He has this wonderful picture. I'm gonna I'm gonna share with Brian here, and then Brian in turn will I'm sure share with uh, you, internet lovers. Um, it's it's not just the Super Newmans. He takes pictures of all sorts of action figures, um, and the one I just sent Brian is. Uh, Han and Leia standing in front of some lockers hmm. and Leia has like their medal that they won at the, <laughs> the end of Star Wars, the most nonsensical part of Star Wars, um, hanging in her locker with some production stills of <laughs> Han and Leia like tacked up in her locker. It's really adorable. Um, and, and I, you know, <laughs> for the fact that these are old Kenner dolls that had almost no articulation and virtually no, uh, you know, characterization in their face. This is a wonderful, warm little picture, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Um, and again, what he does with the, the super, uh, super Newman's, um, it's, it's mostly pocket heroes and Mego superheroes. Um, some altered GI Joe's, and like I said, this this Superman, um, I believe, is from a uh, a toy line that they it was called um, Fun School. It was a it was like a knockoff GI Joe uh, production run that they did in I'm not sure where could have been Argentina or Mexico or somewhere like that. Hmm. And um, they they made a Superman figure, and it's very expensive and very hard to find. Um, but it was like this where like the boots were like real tactical boots. Cause they had GI Joe parts to work with, mm-hmm. <laughs> but the chest has like a, a nicely sculpted Superman S on it. It's not just like a sticker. Um, so I think that that's what he uses as his base. He probably has, uh, cleaned it up and repainted it and maybe re- rebuilt it a couple of times. Um, but then, you know, there's some, uh, I'm just scrolling through his, his Facebook here. Um, it looks like uh, <laughs> um, it looks. Oh, so he takes a picture a day, um, picture a day. So there's going to be at least 365 in this series. And there's a picture of Superman standing in what looks pretty clearly in my eye estimation to be Batman's uh, Batcave. But the uh, the picture is just titled uh, Attic Renovations or the Batic. <laughs> Um, <laughs> there's one, he's saving a school bus full of children for like a play school toy school bus. Um, I, I'm not entirely sure if this is supposed to be Bernie Sanders or just a random old man that he is, looks like he's yelling at the sky. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but in any case, this is, this is a lot of fun. Um, the guy puts a lot of effort into this. Um, and I've always, I've always been a fan of miniatures. Like I always, I like the idea of having, um, like play sets and stuff like that for all your, your toys and making them seem like they're interacting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this kind of thing is, is right up my alley. Um, there's, <laughs> it's a pretty awesome one. There's a, a, just a picture of Superman helping clean up. Um, trash. He's just cleaning up trash. There's uh, the next picture is there's a piano f- about to fall on a woman and child, and he's going to save them. I hope. 
Looks like he's got time. Um, Then there's an old Smokey Bear action figure, something I've actually wanted for a long time, never had. Um, And uh, it would appear that Superman has come to help. Uh, It's entitled Busy Day Number 2, How Can I Help Smokey? Uh, he's carrying an old lady's groceries across the street with her. He's just hanging out with the Justice League. It looks like they're at a, a bar of some sort, but it could just be a juice bar. I can't tell. Like in uh, like in Power Rangers? Yeah, yeah, exactly like in Power Rangers. Um, That's <laughs> awesome. There's a, a picture of him wearing Jon Snow's cape and holding his sword from the new uh, Game of Thrones three and three quarter inch figures. And he has a glow-in-the-dark direwolf. And uh, Lois has got her arms folded, and she's just, like, looking at him and saying, you know nothing, Mr. Super Newman. (laughs) And then, okay, the the next, the one right before that was uh, Beast Boy and Superman watching Game of Thrones. (laughs) So that makes sense, I guess. Um, There's some pictures of him playing mini golf. It's, It's... like I said, it's it's darling. It really is. Um, the pictures of him at the beach. He made a very impressive sandcastle, and then his son made a very impressive uh, sand dark side. <laughs> uh, very fun, very fun. So uh, I'll include the link to um, to his Facebook page as well as uh, to those individual. The picture I sent Brian was. Superman and Batman doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. It was the Super Friends, Super Friends podcast. Um, and I thought it was funny because we were, in fact, doing a podcast right now. Ah, so I'm told. So, so I'm told. Not by other people, though. <laughs> that would mean they listen. <laughs> so I want to talk about something stupid. Okay, I like that. Now don't let my uh, don't let my yawning fool you. This don't let don't let my voice put you to sleep, Pat. <laughs> <clears throat> so the uh, the National Toy Hall of Fame has uh, where where is the National Toy Hall of Fame? Like, can you visit it, or is it in our hearts? Yeah, uh, let me let me go and look. Um, I think it's a. Uh, I allowed my voice to put me to sleep. (laughs) Exhibits. Uh, Looks like the Hall of Fame is not a literal hall. Mm, Okay, uh, but there are there are many locations. So it's it's in our heart. It's it's uh, the Strong National Museum of Play. So this isn't even really about toys. This is about things to play with. Right, but this particular thing is called the National Toy Hall of Fame. Well, I call bullshit. So, yeah, here's what's stupid. So, I was informed of this list because Transformers made the the cut. They're in the finalists. I was not informed of this list because Masters of the Universe didn't make the cut, and that's stupid. Yeah, so it says, uh, the rules seem pretty loosely defined. It says, only two or three of these will take their honored place in the Hall of Fame. So I get the feeling that they're just kind of like... Yeah, whatever. But uh, <laughs> I thought, oh, this will be fun. But then I saw the list, and the list starts out with bubble wrap. Now, it is in alphabetical order, but it still starts out with bubble wrap. Yeah. Bubble wrap is not, not a bo- toy. It does not bode well. I I tell you what. I can't tell you how many times I have to tell my kid, bubble wrap's not a toy. Daddy needs to send things out with that. Give that back. Yeah, those those bubbles are filled with smog-filled China air. Yeah. You, yeah. Haven't, you don't know what's in those. You don't want to pop those. That's like, you know, you know what shouldn't also be on this list? Like burning mice with a magnifying glass. <laughs> but it's still fun to do. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> still fun activity, not a toy. They're pinky, they're pinky, and the brain, 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 brain. Um, now, there Arf. are... The remaining things, there are some good things. And there are some stupid things. All right. Let's all right, let's let's look at the list, okay? Care bears. In in no particular order here again. No, that's all it's care bears. Nope, no particular order. Clue. Okay. We'll go back and forth. You do one, I do one. Oh, okay. 
a coloring book. Just American sailing ships. That's the only one. Uh, Dungeons and Dragoons. Dragons. Fisher Price Little People. Nerf. A pinball machine. A pinball. Rock'em Sock'em Robots. <laughs> a single pinball. Yeah, Rock'em Sock'em Robots. A swing. Which is nothing without a swing set. Right. You need tree. a set of them. You got to collect them all. Whose turn is it? Uh, you, I think. Transformers. And Uno. Yes, and Uno. So, um, just so you know, Spanish and Italian for one. Just yeah. don't don't forget that. As, um, okay. So here are my gripes. First of all, Care Bears are dumb. They don't. You don't even really play with them. You can cuddle them when you go to sleep if you want. My wife loves her Care Bear, but if she's listening to this episode, which she probably isn't, she's probably getting a little upset right now. In, but Care Bears in, are kind of dumb. Intended to teach children compassion, kindness, and consideration. Yeah, you know what it really teaches kill children? Fuck. Capitalism. Yeah, exactly. What's that? You want Friendship Bear? Friendship Bear only comes in a deluxe set with a DVD. So he's thirty nine ninety five. Sorry, kid. <clears throat> Fuck off. Clue is a game that's probably not really for children when you well, think about it. Let's 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 do this right, okay? I'm not going to look at what the reasons are, right? There there are reasons in there somewhere or something. We're going to guess. We're going to guess what they're teaching us. So Clue, Clue teaches you how to murder someone. How to murder someone and not get caught. Right. So basically what you do is you have to, you know, you go through the game and you think you're like, hmm, don't do that. Don't leave the weapon. If you, if you just leave all of the options for weapons laying around, somebody's going to realize that one of those things was used as the weapon. Also, leave. Don't just hang around because they're going to be like, hey, so wait a minute, hold on, wait. there's only eight people here. A good way to hide the murder weapon uh -huh. is you commit a murder and then the police show up and there's like nine decoy murder weapons. Exactly. This is what I'm saying. Like, this is what, you know, don't use anything obvious. You have to kill somebody with a, a, a pillow. It's like there's blood in all five rooms of the house. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> So, um, or, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to do it, just kill everyone. That's the name of the game. You're going to want to kill everyone at the end when you accidentally marked off something that you shouldn't have because somebody was like, showed their card real quick. And you're like, damn it. I thought you said you had it. And it's like, no, I showed you this. And you get really pissed and you just want to, you wish you were Mr. Body. By the way, Mr. Body, he's the guy who died. I don't know if you guys know that. But yeah, he is. He's he's the so. dead body. Yep, Mister Body. You get it? Mm. Uh huh. <laughs> so All right, coloring books. The next uh -huh. one. I'm going to read the actual descriptions after we talk about it to see. If, yeah. Okay. Let's, to let's see if possibly we're way off. I, well, we're clearly not. Um, coloring books teach you about drawing within the lines. Yeah. So they teach you about conformity and American sailing ships and nothing mm -hmm. else. And yeah. don't you fucking dare color outside those lines or make the water purple because fuck you, little kid. You can draw, but you can't imagine. I hate you. It actually says that it, it the coloring books teach essential and diverse subjects like history, geography, and geometry. I only had He-Man one. And, well, along those lines, more complex coloring books aimed at adults became increasingly popular in the 2000s. Yes, I know, because that's now. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for reporting now as if it was not now. <clears throat> they really should have said the 2010s. You know, next mm. couple of years, guys, it's going to be the 20s again. If, if they just say... And God damn it, if we don't have flappers, I'm going to be pissed. If they, if they just say the 2000s, that covers 100 years. I know. Then they don't have to be specific. Right. This All is right. the kind of place that expects you to read this article 100 years from now. Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons teaches you how to pretend to be what you're not. How to defeat a bugbear. <laughs> how to play the system uh, when you're, you're actually not good at stuff, but yeah, you know what? You rolled well. What does Thaco stand for? 
Exactly. That's what you learn. Yeah. And you know, once you learn it, it's not relevant anymore. Mm-hmm. And but so once you, you learn it, you never forget it. I forgot. So hit armor class zero. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Uh, my sister is pl- was playing Dungeons and Dragons today. She was like, I called her earlier and she's like, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm hanging out with some friends. I was like, what are you doing? She's like, uh, nothing nerdy. We're playing Dungeons and Dragons. And I'm like, you fucking little nerd, you. What are you doing playing Dungeons and Dragons? She's like, oh, I don't know. I mean, they wanted to play and so I'm playing. And I was like, what's your dexterity? She's like, oh, it was a 17. <laughs> I'm like, get out of here. Don't roll a one. Goodbye. I'm high up on her. Uh, the next one is Fisher Price Little People. Now, this. I can almost get behind because they did have some pretty boss shit. Oh yeah. Um, we my, have a ton of little people here. My wife, uh, collects the, the vintage stuff. Um, and two of my favorite pieces are actually in my daughter's room. Um, there's a, a merry-go-round and a, um, Oh, what the hell they call it? I don't know. Ferris wheel. Hmm. Ferris wheel. Ferris wheelers day off. Yes, hopefully not. Um, but the, my favorite parts about them is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a standard kind of wind up mechanism. Um, but they went the extra mile by making a tiny, uh, grumpy looking little person that is, it looks like he's being forced to turn a crank that keeps these rides going. <laughs> and it's awesome because he looks really pissed off that he's got to do this. And uh, it's just, it's beautiful in that way. So, um, and I, I especially like the old stuff, you know, the the real uh, wooden peg people and, uh, you know, the, the chipboard bases. Um, th- those are the good ones. Now, I don't, I don't dislike, per se, the newer ones, uh, but they just don't have the same feel. Like, you know, they, they actually, they re-released the, um, the Ferris wheel. Uh, you can pick it up at Target at, on one of their vintage toy end caps. Um, but for some reason, they've they've increased the scale. Like, they've made them very fat. I don't know if they're just trying to capture modern America or what. <laughs> like, nobody looks like these little peg people. Make some fatties. Uh, so, but it's unrealistic because the, you know, the fatties probably wouldn't be allowed on the Ferris wheel anyway. Mm-hmm. You're too fat. Get off. Um, but uh, still, a, you know, a fun toy line. Does it deserve to be one of the most fun? I don't know. And uh, and I suppose, what does it teach you? Um, it teaches you what every man is born with the knowledge of. You got to stick that peg into a hole, man. <laughs> I don't even know where to go from there. <laughs> Doesn't matter what kind of hole it is. Nerf. The pegs just got to go in the hole. Nerf. Nerf or, or nothing. Or nothing. So I guess, you know, based on their slogan alone, they deserve to be here. Right. You, you don't want to deal with any toy line that gives you an ultimatum. Right. Um, personally, I think that classifying Nerf on here is is similar to saying, well, plastic. Plastic is also <laughs> right. a fun Toy. <laughs> Foam in recognizable uh, shapes. Right. Uh nerf nerf in what in what capacity nerf? Nerf darts, nerf balls, nerf, nerf dart balls, nerf machetes, nerf hatchet, not nurse hatchet, but nerf hatchet, uh nerf swords. Um or my favorite, a toy that I've been chasing for many years at a reasonable price, um Nerf Man. Are you aware of Nerf Man? Yeah, I'm aware of Nerf Man. So Nerf Nerf Man, well, I'm going to educate the listeners because maybe they're not. Nerf Man was an action figure made out of Nerf. (laughs) Um, And he's very hard to come by, apparently, because every time I try to search for him, I sadly only uh, only bring up ones that are going for hundreds of dollars. But usually only ones that are like mint in the box. It's like I just want I want a loose one. Maybe they don't survive if they're loose. Maybe the nerf is just like, no, it's nothing. Because <laughs> it wasn't nerf. 
So, um, again, in, in uh, all in all, calling nerf on this one is not cool. Yeah, it's it is too generic. Sorry, and guys. all it teaches you is don't shove this down your throat. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know what is the, you know, what's the moral of I'm, the. I'm I'm actually reading it now, mm-hmm. and apparently it's supposed to be just like uh, it's super successful, you guys, as a brand. <laughs> so you know, it encourages people to get up and do stuff like be shoot each other. Successful. So yeah, there's that pinball. Okay. See, now again, this is something where I would say you need some kind of qualifier. You have to say like, oh man, the uh, Adams Family pinball machine was the fucking bomb, yo. <laughs> because pinball, I have a pinball machine in my garage. Um, it was made for children and it has the Hulk on there. And while it was cool at one point in my life, um, it's not very cool anymore. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't want to play with it. Might give it to my kid one day uh, or sell it at a yard sale. <laughs> um, real pinball machines, real honest-to-God pinball machines are are cool. Don't get me wrong. They're fun to play with. They're completely outrageously expensive. You can't just have one in your home. Or they're a quarter to rent at a <laughs> <laughs> at an arcade. So um, so you, you, you be the judge on that one, I guess. Uh, still... I, it's not something that I would have ever thought to put on this list, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely a weird choice. Um, Rock'em Sock'em Robots. I assume this one is violence. <laughs> That's what we're teaching. It's uh, it's being taught how to resolve your problems through to, force and beheadings. Yeah. How to, you know, if a bully attacks you, how to take his head off. Right. Uppercut. That's all I know how to do. Uppercut. Currently, by the by, guys, Nerf Man going for about a hundred bucks on eBay. Uh, all like the only two that are available are mint on mint on package. So, um, a Nerf swing. Man, a swing, a swing. I I uh, just swing. Part of the description caught my eye, and I read it ahead of time. Mm. Um, and it's actually fantastic. What do you think the swing? What is the, you know, benefit of the swing? Uh, I would say it teaches one gravity Mm -hmm. and how to pretend you're Superman when you're on your belly. You're, you're not, uh, you're close. Uh Uh-huh. What it says is it rewards physical coordination, sensory perception, and risk-taking. Hmm. Hmm. So there you go. If you're one of those people uh, who likes to swing really high and then jump off. I always was when I was a kid. Yeah. When I grew up to be a fatty, I don't really do it so much anymore. It's a liability to the knees now. No, that's risk-taking. Yeah, I guess so. <clears throat> Transformers. Need we say more? They're yes. the best. They, they teach you how to lie to others. Spatial and to reasoning. And who you really are. They teach you spatial reasoning and how to deal with extreme frustration. Throw it at the wall. And then finally, Uno. Spanish and Italian for one. Remember. Spanish and Italian for I can't fucking believe you did that to me. Why do I get the draw for you, son of a bitch? I thought we were friends. Ah, reverse? You're kidding me. Yeah, the benefit of this one is that I was just going to play my cards. The fixed rule system makes it easy to learn and quick to play. And, Pat, you ready for this? Mm-hmm. There are many different branded variations. Oh. So if I, not, do, I do have Green Lantern Uno from when the movie came out. Well. So. That is There that you thing. go. There you go. So, basically, uh, this entire list is a complete sham unless Transformers yeah. wins. Yeah. Well, it's still a complete scam. <laughs> So, Pat, do you, that, do you hear that cat over there? Oh, is that a cat? Again, yeah. I, I was thinking that perhaps it was uh, your child, but... No, it's about it's about 11 o'clock right now, roughly, give or take. This is the time when the cats walk around the house and scare all the boogans away. Oh, well, I mean, that's that's nice. That's nice. 
Um, I was not aware that in this day and age we still use the word boogans. Um, but, uh, you know. You hardly have to with these cats right now. <laughs> boogans. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's some kind of racial slur. We shouldn't say it anymore. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, muscle. Yeah. Want to do tickets to the gun show? What, uh, why aren't these called mo, mo tussles anymore? Well, my friend, let's catch everybody else up with the, with what we're talking about here. Uh, muscle, mus- muscle, muscle, uh, muscle from super seven, originally from Mattel, um, is that wonderful toy line that I think all of us out there, uh, over the age of probably 28 have seen and maybe not even known what the fuck it was. Cause I didn't for years. Um, and I had some, you know, there were these little peach guys, you know, um, they looked weird. Some of them were weird shapes, you know, but they were these little guys that would fight each other and you would inexplicably, if you ever sat down in front of a bucket of these, you would just take them out and you'd be like, ah, kick you in the face. Ah, oh no, ah, he got my face. Ah, no, I'm just a giant hand. What the hell is going on? Oh, I'm getting stabbed. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Everybody did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then they you know they went away without much fanfare. Nobody nobody really cared. But there have been some some diligent folks out there, especially in the customizing and uh, you know indie toy world, uh, that have been striving to to bring back the idea of these these characters. Um, and so, in uh, in a move of awesomeness from. <laughs> Uh, Super 7, uh, about a year ago, do you say? Maybe two years, tops? I think it's probably been about a year. Could be. Um, anyway, they released what is known as Motussel. And Motussel is Masters of the Universe muscle. Uh, so they released four packs of three characters. You got your, you know, your... He-Man and your Man-at-Arms and your Skeletors and your Trap-Jaws and, and whatnot. Um, and now they've released Series Dos, but they are not called Motussel any longer. They are now under the uh, the mega branding of just muscle characters. And they've done this because specifically because they are going to be opening up the line to include characters. I know for sure they're doing Alien. Um and I I've heard rumblings about them doing a couple of different things. If they ever get the Thundercats license, I'm sure they'll do the Thundercats. Um and so on and so forth. They're they're definitely wanting to bring muscle back via licensed properties. So I, I doubt we're going to see any original muscle characters anytime soon. Um, but Series 2 is pretty sweet. Um, series 2 boasts the likes of He-Man in holding his sword aloft, uh, Cobra Khan and Zodak. That's, that's I think, pack A, if you, if you will. Uh, I'm not sure how the rest of the packs unfold, so I'll just talk about them. Mm-hmm. Then there's uh, Battle Cat, Spikor, and Fisto. Um, followed by Skeletor, Sorceress, Stinkor, and the most impressive, <laughs> Evelyn, Orko, and Castle Grayskull, the minifigure. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of love the idea of this, because again, as I, as I was telling you guys earlier, I love uh, miniatures. And uh, as some of you... Most of you probably don't know, I have made an action figure of myself. And I actually made one of Brian as well, and he owns the Brian one mm-hmm. and one of me. Yeah, um, I got it right here, actually. And uh, I really love the idea of giving us accessories that make sense. And this Castle Grayskull will be in perfect scale with my action figure to be a real Castle Grayskull. So I'm totally going to get one of those and repaint it like it's a real castle gray skull and let my action figure hold it and pretend. (laughs) Um, so that's, that's fun. That's cool. Something I've done. Um, uh, but yeah, this is a a cool set. Uh, I'm, I, I haven't purchased my set yet. 
because I have to have a good reason to. It'd be like twenty five bucks for the set of four of them, and I kind of want to wait until I have something more to buy from them mm-hmm. uh, to just save on shipping. So, so there's that. Okay. Well, at least they're not the worst. <laughs> no, no, they're not. For these are the worst. How'd you like that segue? It was a great segue. Thank you. How, how long have you been sitting on that? Probably since we were talking about more than meets the eye. Nice. Nice. So, folks, the worst is also a new product from Super 7. Um, for a company that has never shipped me my products on time, I sure talk about them a lot. Um, they make good stuff. They, I, they just need some better follow-through. Um so, the worst is a very interesting and bizarre line of action figures. These are in the same vein as the new He-Man figures that they released, the three and three quarter inch nostalgia figures. Um, I will say out of all the companies that are doing three and three quarter inch nostalgia figures, these guys are doing it the best. Um, Super 7... Uh, just they they get it the the production quality the way the figures are and articulate and every everything about them screams vintage. If I found one of these fa- figures a little beat up in a in an old toy bin, I would not expect them to be from any time later than the 1980s. Um, in this particular collection, um, it's just it, it seems like it's just a a a bunch of B-movie extra villains, um, which are even, like I said, even more interesting that they're not. They're just, they made up some characters, and the best part about a lot of these, especially this series, is the packaging art. The packaging art is fucking beautiful. Just beautiful. Um, and the figures themselves are are, are great. I, I'm not, you know, no bones about it. They're great. The packaging, though, really it wins it. First of all, their their little bubble is in the shape of a coffin, mm-hmm. which is which is really cool. Um, the paintings are like right out of seventies action figure boxes. You know, this is wonderful, wonderful work. Um, and again, the subject matter is so weird. Uh, the only thing that I don't like about this, the only thing I don't like about this is that at least as of right now, now they're going to premiere, um, tonight at midnight, uh, which means nothing to you because you guys don't listen to this at a certain time. So nine fourteen sixteen at 12 59 PM, they will have gone live for the very first time. But again, the thing that I don't love about this is that, um, they are only sold as a pack. You have to buy them all. Um, now the the buy them all price is ninety dollars, which uh, I'm I'm no good at math this late at night. Uh, you got uh, fifteen dollars a figure, which is what their average figures cost. You know, uh, in this scale, so it's not it's not outrageous. Um, but for me, like, especially the fact that these are a bunch of, uh, you know, we just made this shit up, (laughs) Mm -hmm. like there's no license behind this. So for a guy like me, who's really trying to rein in his collecting, it's hard for me to make a purchase of something like this. It would have been much, much easier if they were available individually and I could pick up one or two of my favorites, um, and, and, you know, go from there and maybe eventually I would have picked them all up, but the fact that they're only available as a set is kind of a downer. I'm hoping that, you know, after the midnight special, they decide to go ahead and uh, and open it up to, to more buying options. Uh, and the other thing that is, I would say, uh, I really don't care for that snake mummy thing. Snake tut. Um, yeah. <clears throat> snake tut, snake tut. Um, is not my favorite. Snake Tut looks like rain. <laughs> now, did you make that up or did you read that? Because that really is his name. No, yeah, I read that. Okay, I good. read that on the package. Good, good. So it's like, man, it doesn't say it looks like rain though. That, uh, right. Um, Black Falcon is a, a favorite uh, of mine. X two. Um, 
the robot Reaper, I think is what I can't remember. That's his actual name or just what he is. Um, yeah. Robot Reaper. Uh, yeah, I, that's his name. Robot. His title is robotic harbinger of death. Right. Robot action figure. is actually one of the few of these that I think the toy turned out better than the painting. Uh, most of these it's, it's the other way around, but, um, I don't know. They they all look good to me. They all look good to me. So uh, anyway, I'm I'm hopeful that they will eventually let me buy one or two of these at a time instead of all of them. Um, but uh, we we shall see. We shall see. All right. Well, folks, that's going to do it for us for today. Uh, tune in some other time for another episode. Go to jibcast.tv to find the old episodes that we are slowly restoring over time. Uh, you know, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. Uh, hopefully, uh, next time you hear from us, I will be healthy and louder. And uh, we might have some, some a special guest or two on the show. We'll see yeah. how it goes. We will see. Have a, have a good evening, everyone. Have, have a pleasant tomorrow. Uh, good night, everybody. And watch out for that shark, Brian. What what shark? That shark we're about to jump. Watch out. Oh.